0: Hello and welcome friends. I'm your host Ashley and I'm so happy you're here. Happy Memorial Day weekend, summer. It's almost here. It feels so flipping good. I'm so happy. It's almost my birthday month and yes I celebrate the whole month shamelessly. Very Venus and Leo. It's just I'm feeling myself. It feels good. Okay pals, I haven't shared Book recommendations for a while. Um, I've just I've been reading a ton of really great stuff that I wanted to share with you, and they're all kind of different. Generally in the more self help department, but yeah, I feel like there's always always a time for book racks. So something I've been loving. I'm give you a few. The first is by the fucking lilies by Tara Schuster. It was so. Funny and like sad, but also real. What it is, is it's it's a memoir, but it's also really how she found self-care. And I love it because a lot of the practices that she talks about in this book, I work with clients on, I practice myself, but she does it in kind of a a very non-woo way. (laughs) It's nice to hear different perspectives. I think it'll be a great resource to give to people that are just maybe not as into the spirituality as... I am, but anyways, By the Fucking Lilies by Tara Schuster. Highly recommend. The next is Cosmic Health by Jennifer Rachopi. This was kind of like my dream. And when it comes to a book, um, it's, it's talking about astrology cycles of the moon and how it relates to our health. It's very inclusive. It's very fluid. And I liked it because I felt like I liked her approach to just wellness and health in general and how, you know, that's not a one size fits all thing, right? Astrology is such a great way of of viewing it. Um, and so yeah, cosmic health, Another great recommendation. I've been in a bit of a funk, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, and so I needed a little, a little pep talk recently. So the next book was a great pep talk to just getting out of a little victimhood that I was in for a while. It's Unfuck Yourself by Gary John Bishop, and I like to have a trend of f bombs in the titles, but here for them for sure. This is just a great, basically manifestation book in and again in a non-woo approach because I read so much spirituality and so much subconscious you know thought and all these different theories on how to you know reprogram our brains sometimes it's nice to just get it in a different way and this was another great way of talking about it super straightforward unfuck yourself by Gary John Bishop the next one um, I haven't actually started yet, but I know it's going to be great because I love everything that she does. Letters to a Star Seed by Rebecca Campbell. So Rebecca Campbell um, has written a number two books that I just love. She's very much into the divine feminine. Um, she talks about spirituality in a certain these like short little snippets. Um, her book, Rise, Sister, Rise, is just, mm, it's so yummy. And so this is her newest book that has come out within the last week or so. So I had it on pre-order. It's a cute, like, iridescent cover. And yeah, the idea of star seeds. I'm trying, I've been pitching her to be on the show because I'm obsessed. She's kind of a big deal, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know if she can make it. But I'm going to put that out there. Manifesting, future guest, Rebecca Campbell, to talk about what it means to be a star seed. Check that one out. And then finally, Healing the Inner Mother by Bethany Webster. Bethany Webster, if you listen to Almost 30, which I know a lot of you listeners do, she has been on that show before talking about the mother wound. And this topic is, I feel like it's popping up all over because it's very real. And I think a lot of us are waking up to this idea. I won't say a lot about it because I'm still working through this myself, what it means to overcome just those relationships as women, as, you know, with our mothers, with our children. But anyways, this is a great way to dive into that yourself. Healing the Inner Mother by Bethany Webster. Yeah, five little, little books. Put those in your list. What are you reading? I'd love to know. I just did a post on this on Monday, and I, I just want to hear from you. Like, any authors that we need to have on this show... I'm a shameless pitcher. I'll drop into anybody's DMs and ask if they want to be on the show. So send suggestions my way. I would love to hear it. Secondly, friends, I wanted to share a non book related learning this week. So I took a solo trip this week, not far, just to my favorite neighborhood in the Twin Cities, about 20 miles from my actual house. Just, I was getting some work done. I'm working on a course to launch at the end of the summer. I'm excited. It's cosmic self care, y'all. It's going to be great. But being alone was just a very liberating moment for me. I just, I struggle with being alone. I get really anxious of being away from my family, not being around people. And even, you know, working all day by myself in my own home is sometimes hard. But doing this, taking a few days outside of my regular routine and just being alone with my thoughts and my work was so Eye-opening, really freeing. It was hard, but it it showed me a couple things. And I don't normally love to make this show about my self-care journey or like my healing. I mean, it hopefully is tr- translatable. Um, but I wanted to share this because I think it is relatable to those of you that listen. So I've been struggling with self-worth a lot lately. It's really come to a head in the last few months has been building for a while but I've just noticed like whoa in the last six months I just I've been hearing this constant negative I mean pretty dark voice in my head telling me that I'm just I'm not good enough for anything I'm not good I'm good enough not a good enough mom good enough businesswoman I don't look like the other moms I don't know the mom thing is just it creeps up on me <laughs> it's just gross and, you know, my true self does not live in this dark place. I'm a, I'm an Aries rising, y'all. So, like, I'm confident as fuck normally. And I was just like, what is happening? I feel very out of control. And what I learned in this time away and with working through my therapist is that this is grief. This is grief showing up for me in this very, like, sort of low vibrational way I didn't really see it coming, you know, it's grief for the loss of my youth, grief at seeing my kids getting older and and most importantly grief of losing our babies earlier this year, you know, losing our pregnancy. And grief is so weird because it just shows up in so many different ways, you know, for all of us. And this is this is what it looked like for me. So that time away, taking those few days did a lot of catching up and I I talked to that inner bitch. I was like, reroute those thoughts. I need to be in more of that affirming, loving place. And it has helped a lot. So cheers to alone time. Not easy, but very helpful. Okay, that's my personal update for the week. Let's get to our baller episode with Amy Koretsky, a breathwork queen. So Amy Koretsky is a breathwork facilitator and a wellness coach for mind, body, and business She is here in the Twin Cities on unceded Dakota and Anishinaabe territory. Her work is focused on helping radical business owners thrive in the liminal space between work and life. And she believes that the health of our physical and emotional bodies are inextricably tied to the health of our businesses. And that when we work in this overlap, we can build businesses that are heart centered and healing for both the individual and the collective. Mm, It's like butter, isn't it? So she uses the breath as a tool for healing in both private business coaching and public group healing sessions. And she does breathwork groups all over the U.S. She's very well known um, for for breathwork, which I think, you know, we hear about breathwork a lot. Amy gets it and she's so powerful and she's so direct as a coach, as a healer, I loved having this chat with her. Um, we real talk into you know well being. We talk about conscious business ownership and really fighting the good fight. Right, seeking equity, working for others. She is just doing it all. She is has an awesome freebie um, breathwork for business course, which is a series of breathwork practices. Over the course of a few days, it has these really awesome playlists that work with it as well, and it's it's easy, short, and so powerful. It's breathwork has been one of the more powerful practices that I've experienced, mostly because it seems like mm, meh, like this is going to be okay, cool. I'm going to do some breathing. But then when you're in it, you're like, whoa, I'm having the feelings, like physical sensations, thoughts, all of it feels so good. You just, I think you really have to experience. So take advantage of her freebie, which there's a link in the show notes. Thank you so much to Amy for being on the show. I'm so grateful for her time. And a huge thanks to our show sponsor, a show favorite, Simpson and Veil Teas. So they have so many different blends, wellness teas, yoga-inspired teas, over 300 and if- 80 different blends and yoga magic listeners get 15% off of their first order at svt.com when they use the code yoga magic all right finally friends last thing and then we're gonna get to this meaty conversation if you're not already on the yoga magic email list hop on there with the link in the show notes i've got some giveaways coming up a new mini course and tons of free meditations and yoga classes and a brand new guide on building your morning routine for your sign so each one for your zodiac sign super inspirational check it out totally free sign up in the show notes okay let's do this breath work with amy koretsky I feel like you're good at that. Like you're good at the boundaries. I mean, I, I just met you like just two seconds ago here, but like <laughs> I get the vibe that you understand boundaries and you implement them. Is that true? Oh gosh. Uh, yes. And okay. also, I mean, yes, yes. And also it's
1: not something that I was born with. It's something that I've just been practicing for a really long time. Um, I have a game that I like to play when it yes. comes to boundaries. Okay. <laughs> um, So this is a game that I came to naturally because I noticed it was happening and it's a game that I play with spirit. It's not like a game that I play with the people who I'm like placing boundaries with. It's the fact that I realize that every time I set a boundary, whether it's with someone else or even like a self-contained boundary, like I'm not going to do this thing anymore. or Like I'm not going to take on this kind of client anymore or whatever uh, within like within two days within three days but oftentimes more like within two hours the boundary would get tested like always 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 as soon as i set a boundary spirits like oh really and Mm -hmm. like like Mm -hmm. put something out there like a teaser and then i at first it freaked me out because i was like oh did i make the wrong decision like should i not have set that boundary like i think the time that i really noticed it was when I, I decided that I like wasn't going to do a, a specific type of session anymore at the acupuncture clinic. And, and so I took it off of my website, off the website, off the scheduling system. And no joke, two hours later, I got an email from someone. And this is after like no one had booked this type of session. Yeah, it was when I was doing like tarot readings out of the acupuncture clinic, which like it's an acupuncture clinic, you don't have to do tarot readings out of an acupuncture <laughs> clinic. But and like no one had booked that session in like months and months and months. And I was like, I I don't really want to be doing these in this space. I it's not how I want to be reading for people right now. So I took it off the the scheduling system and no joke 2 hours later someone emailed and was like can i book a tarot reading i saw that they're not on the website anymore and i was like are you kidding me spirit oh and so that's when it turned into a game so now when i set a boundary i get to say like okay how long do i think it's going to be before this is going to get tested so that when it inevitably does whether it's from the person that i'm sending a boundary with or you know with myself or whatever i can actually come to that that pushback with like a lot of open heartedness and be like, oh, look at that. You know, like here's what I already knew was gonna be on its way to me instead of feeling freaked out by it or feeling um, you know, like defensive about it or anything.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so that's so true. It does happen. Those tests come in and like it's that test of it, you know, your self-worth. Like, do I really, is this really important to me? And then, yeah, ooh, you are a magical being. Did I see in your email? today that you're a triple Leo. I am. Oh
1: my <laughs> so it's not sun, moon and rising, but it's sun, moon and Venus, which like
0: oh my, for my poor partner
1: is like just as <laughs> difficult.
0: That's so great though. Do you feel like, do you resonate with that, with that energy?
1: I never felt like I was a Leo when I was a child and then it was around my Saturn return. So around when I, you know, like 29, 30 or mm-hmm. so that in retrospect, because at the time, I didn't really know what Saturn return was. Like, I Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't really get into a lot of that sort of more astrology and stuff like that until I was in my early mid thirties. And so looking back on it, I'm like, oh, there must have something must have happened around that Saturn return that really like lit my Leo up, because that's when I really started coming into that energy a bit more. But same with my rising, my rising's a Capricorn. And although I think I've always Mm. been very like, structured and somewhat rigid and very serious like as a child i was incredibly serious and a lot of that hard work determination capricorn energy i resonated with as a child um but but even that like being self-employed, being a business owner, like having employees running multiple businesses. Cause I have more mm-hmm. than one business, you know, like all these things are very Capricorn rising and that also around my late twenties, early thirties is when a lot of that came through. So
0: yeah, yeah. that I it's actually same, I'm a cancer son and I never resonated with that, like cancer energy. I was, I was, I have Capricorn moon, lots of Capricorn in my chart and was always like, yeah, I'm the go-getter. I'm the doer, yeah. right? Like I'm not an emotional human. And then Saturn return I had my first child and like oh JK I'm a huge cancer like all the cancer energy and it feels good it feels good to like see your chart in that way and like fully embody these pieces and not necessarily like have to push them down because of conditioning a little bit yeah yeah
1: well and that's interesting like cancer capricorn because they're like opposites you know they're like yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so like for me it's interesting because i have capricorn rising so like you know in this world i often present as a capricorn but i'm actually cancer north node capricorn Mm. south node so like in this lifetime my role in this lifetime is actually to get more in touch with my emotions and to like help other people get in touch with their emotions so the fact that i have this like Capricorn rising, but then Cancer North Node is they they tend to like push and pull on each other a lot.
0: Totally. So then your descendant, do you know? So your descendant, if you're a wasted Capricorn, so Cancer is your descendant. It, so, yeah, oh, right? Sure. Yeah, I guess. So and that's <laughs> what you attract. So that actually makes a ton of sense because your descendant is like who the people that are attracted to you. And so if they need that like strength, but also the nurturer, they've got yeah. it in you. Sweet. I love it. I mean, it like
1: <laughs> it, it does make sense now, like in the work that I do here in this world is like helping people like kind of break open their hard outer shells yes. and get in touch with that like soft inner center so that they can, you know, feel more love and feel more like safety and to do the things that they want to do in this world. Yes. Okay,
0: we got we we got to back up and tell everybody who you are and all the things and and we're gonna talk about breathwork work today. We're gonna to talk about breathwork work and astrology. Can you tell listeners just? who you are and i don't know i'll leave it at that who you are <laughs> oh gosh such a big question
1: I know. <laughs> um, well i know you probably shared this in the beginning but my name is amy koretsky i use she her pronouns i'm calling in from um occupied and unseated and dakota and anishinaabe land which is also known as minneapolis um the twin cities where you are also here calling in from and um i do a lot of things in this world i I hold a lot of space for people to feel their feelings is basically the main thing that I do. Um, And I do that in a lot of different ways. I do that as part of um, more physical body work style healing. Um, I'm, I have a background in East Asian medicine. I'm a licensed acupuncturist. I co-own an acupuncture and healing space in downtown Minneapolis called Constellation Acupuncture and Healing Arts. Uh, so I hold a lot of space there, both for my patients, but also for my employees, because we actually have a, a thriving clinic with employees. Um, and then I also work with business owners who are really looking to realign their business with their values, really find um Business owners that have been in business for a while and feel very successful in a lot of things, but also feel like there's something missing mm-hmm. and aren't quite sure what that is. And then I work with them to help really get in touch with their intuition and get in touch with uh, that part of them in their business that that feels like it's missing. And so I do that as well. And I do that through tarot and through breath work and through coaching. Um and then I, I like nature and I like my dog and I like so many other things. And so that's a little bit about me.
0: I love that. You have, you have such a career. I mean, you've really, that talking Capricorn, like you have really built this and still, you know, we're talking about boundaries as well. How, how, what tools do you use to get that? those goals, you know, meet those goals, those successes while staying really rooted in, like you said, values and the softness, the femininity of, of what we do as entrepreneurs, right? Like it's not just all work, work, work. There is that rest. Mm-hmm. Like what, can you speak to that a little?
1: Yeah. I mean, I came to this work. um, I came to healing work kind of late in life. I didn't even decide I wanted to go in that direction or anything like that till I was almost 30. Um, so once again, Saturn return. Uh, But my background is in art. It's in art history. I was mm-hmm. uh, an art kid. I worked at the Walker Art Center, both in high school and after college. Like that was what I thought I wanted to do. My whole life was like work in the art world. And um, when I was 21, um, I got very sick, like the sort of sick where you can't care for yourself anymore and you can't hold down a job or like pay rent or do anything. And at the time I was living um, in Bloomington, Indiana, um, you know, had roommates, had a job and had to kind of like let all that go and move back to Minneapolis to live with my parents and to go to um, the Mayo Clinic and was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the time, which is a um, autoimmune disease of the gut. And basically at that point in time, like I had no real interaction with the medical system you know like i'd been a pretty healthy child growing up and i I wasn't like going to the doctor a lot or sick a lot or anything like that so when i got like really 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 sick like the sort of sick where um i looked like i looked like i was about to die i was like skin and bones i weighed Mm -hmm. like 90 pounds i like couldn't keep any food down um i almost had surgery although i did not in the end have to have surgery but you know this that really opened my eyes to all of the problematic parts of the Western medical industrial complex and Mm -hmm. how disconnected medicine is from the body. And so then I, you know, I, it took me a while from there to actually decide to go into the healing professions myself. Uh, But it started with like know working on myself and so like you know getting in touch with my own body and my own intuition and what i needed and it took a lot of a lot of work to make the life changes and the decisions and all of those things to find my own place of healing in my body and it was almost this place where it's like okay well once i've achieved that because um like i got sick in 2004 and then in 2010 is when I got off of all pharmaceutical medication and basically got to this point of feeling healthier than I ever had before. Um, and so it took a while, but once I got to that place, I was like, this is a non-negotiable, like, I'm not giving this up for anything. Like, yeah, I want to build my own business. Yeah. I want to do this and that, but none of it is worth my health at this point, because I know what it's like to not have that. Um, So I think that it's just a, it's not even like a tool or something. It's just a non negotiable for me where it's like, as soon as I find myself, uh, you know, like overworking, which I definitely have a tendency to do, Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as I find myself like getting caught in those loops, my body will tell me right away, like, I'll either start to have a flare, Or I have other chronic pain issues as well. Like I recently had neck surgery um, and have a lot of like historical like neck stuff. So like my neck will start hurting or I'll get migraines or I'll have like a Crohn's flare or like something will happen where my body will be like, no, like that's a hard no for me. And then I just listen to it.
0: Mm, Yes. So how does that translate your experience of like, okay, this is a non-negotiable. Like, how does that translate to the people that you work with? If they don't necessarily like have that, that awareness in their body, how can they establish (laughs) non-negotiables? Is it just listening to the body? I think that, I think everybody has like a non-negotiable. They do. Yeah.
1: I mean, really when it comes down to it, like we all have messages that we're receiving from our bodies all the time. some of us are more easily able to hear them because we've practiced it. True. Um, and that's not to say that the people who haven't practiced it have like done something wrong by any means or anything like that, because it, it is like a, you know, what do they say? Like intuition's like a muscle, like you actually mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. practice it and like work out just like you would work out to build a physical body muscle. You have to use your intuition regularly to strengthen it and to trust it more. And it's the same thing with listening to our bodies. And and I also want to state that, like, so many of us have experienced trauma in various ways, shapes, and forms in our lifetimes. And oftentimes, you know, trauma can kind of almost like, oh, what's the word I want to use? It's almost like can put like a little virus in the machine, like in our brain computer, mm -hmm. you know, and then we interpret signals differently. So a lot of people who've experienced significant trauma or are dealing with um, PTSD and whatnot, you know, they can receive a signal in their body that then that little like brain computer like interprets incorrectly. And so they interpret different signals from their body um, in ways that have heightened alert or heightened stress and so for some people they don't necessarily feel like they can trust the signals that their body is telling them because for so often their body has been on such high alert and so then Mm -hmm. that's also an opportunity to then uh work and practice with you know a trained therapist a licensed therapist or someone else in that matter that that has history working with trauma to rewire the brain and like get rid of that little you know thing in there that tells us to interpret signals incorrectly. And so I do think that everyone has the, it's available to everyone to listen to that, the mm-hmm. messages, the body's given. It's just that some people might have to, um, unfortunately do a little bit more pre-work to get there.
0: Yeah. That's a good segue to, to breath work. Cause I think that's, I mean, at least in my experience as one of the more powerful and just really like f- effective, quickly tools in, in tapping into our body. And I'm curious to know how you got into breathwork. Cause I feel like you're, you're, you're pseudo famous, famous in breathwork, and now everybody does it. And it's like, (laughs) you've been doing it for a long time and you, you know, what you're talking about. So how did you discover it? And kind of like, what do you love about it? Mm, Well, I love everything about it. I'll
1: just start by saying that, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, especially like as the, me having the cancer North node, um, you know capricorn south node i think that i historically like i said was a very serious child i also had my own issues and traumas that i went through you know in my younger days and for many reasons um that i won't go into here it didn't necessarily feel safe for me to like show that softer tender part mm. of myself i never felt safe crying when i was a kid i was not a kid that cried often i would like hide under my bed to cry like that was just not a thing that i did and so in, um i'll I'll track back to how I found breath work but for those who are unfamiliar with the style of breath work that I practice you know the main intention of it is to move stuck energy it moves stuck emotions and let things like kind of flow whether that's your intuition or your creativity or your emotions or you know anything and so for me um one of the reasons why I love breath work is it has allowed me to, connect to that cancer energy that Mm -hmm. is what I'm here to do in the world. And nothing else before that ever got me there. I, not therapy, not, uh, EMDR, not like any Mm -hmm. of those things that are supposed to like help you crack through outer layers and get to the soft center. None of that worked for me until I found breath work. And that's even to say that the first time I did breath work, it didn't, that didn't happen to me. Like it, it was probably, six to eight months of regular breathwork practice before I even cried during Mm. breathwork, which like a lot of people I work with, they're like balling like a baby their very first session. (laughs) the First time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so like the fact that it took me six or more months of regular practice to even get to that point showed how much I needed this work. Like it was really important for me, but I'll, I'll backtrack and say that I First found breathwork, what it was probably like 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, and I'd found it by another acupuncturist that it was out in New York that uh was doing their first class online. And I'd, you know, heard about it and, and was interested in it, uh, but lived here in Minnesota. I was like wasn't about to be going to New York to try a session with her. And so when she did her first class online, I was like, oh, I want to try this. Um And so i i didn't really know what i was getting into i was like oh breathing cool Mm -hmm. uh i've been to like yoga classes before like i don't know i I have a general idea but it wasn't anything like that i laid down and i started the breath pattern and within you know five six minutes or so i started feeling a lot of tingling in my body like a Mm -hmm. lot of tingling in my body and i'm used to feeling energy in my body like i'm an acupuncturist I'm certified in Reiki, like I work with energy, I'm used to energy, Mm -hmm. but I was like feeling it strongly in ways that I had never quite felt it before. And I was feeling it along specific acupuncture channels, like almost Mm -hmm. to the point where it was like, slightly distracting my brain because my brain is like whoa it's going up the heart channel and I can also feel it in the small intestine channel and those two channels are oh, internal gosh. external paired and I was like just kind of going into it in my head and then um and then it just got kind of trippy because because breathwork's kind of trippy the style I practice yeah. it's kind of a non-ordinary state of consciousness it's something that you can do that isn't drugs and it feels really good and so in this, in this first practice, you know, I'm feeling all this sensation and it's kind of overwhelming. And and then it gets to a point where then you can let go of the active breath and just be in a rest period. It's a type of like integration, kind of like how you'd have a shavasana at the end of a Mm -hmm. yoga practice. It's like the yin after the yang. So we're in this rest period and I'm just like laying there and my whole body is just like buzzing like my hands are just vibrating so hard and like my mouth is vibrating I don't even think I could say anything out loud if I had wanted to like my mouth is just like stuck and then I just start kind of getting these visuals and almost like almost like waking dreams like lucid dreams or um, that sort of dream that you get when you're in acupuncture and you're like not quite asleep but not quite awake and you just get these like lovely messages coming through It was like that. And I had an image of myself and like eight other like women and femmes out in the Joshua Tree desert or just like in the desert. I knew it was Joshua Tree because it's like my favorite place, but (laughs) out in the desert and like, and it was nighttime and there was like a full moon and we were like around a fire and it was just like, oh, I think I'm supposed to like do a retreat. And then I had never (laughs) done a retreat before. Like I... I had been doing coaching at that point, but I hadn't really ever done a retreat. And then no joke, um, I think less than six or seven months later, I sold out my first retreat and we were all together, like (laughs) literally this group of people, like there's a handful from this group of gals that went out there that are like some of my very best friends to this day. And we were like out in the desert and I like sold out my first retreat and I was like, oh, okay, this is like
0: amazing. (laughs) self-care and tea they just go together so perfectly right funny story about tea the first time i had a cup of tea was at a hilarious dinner theater show with my middle school band (laughs) i played the drums it was no big i was i was pretty cool and i remember thinking i was so cool because i ordered a hot tea at dinner well i still do that my favorite brand of tea is simpson and Vale. Mostly because they have so many different varieties for so many different occasions. I've talked about their yoga teas before, which works through the chakras. And they have several new wellness tea blends that I'm just loving right now. They're so good. I've been enjoying the calm blend at night, but like also midday. It's just a great de-stressor. This blend, the Calm Blend, has ashwagandha, lavender, chamomile, and passionflower. I put some fancy honey in it, and it's just, mm, even on hot days, it just feels so soothing. If you're not familiar with ashwagandha, it's an, adapt- an adaptogenic herb that just really subtly helps you feel more relaxed. If you want to try the Calm Blend or any of Simpson and Vale's yummy teas, you can use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off of your first order when you head on over to svtea.com. Again, use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your first order at svt.com. I'm really like vibing with what you said about, you know, right away. Like you had that vision, but you didn't necessarily like cry or like have that big release until later. Cause I think with all of these modalities, there's, you know, we got to give it some time. We have to give it some, it may work right. And I don't say work, but like, it may be super impactful in that first session or it may take some time. I know I've had that experience with Reiki. I was always kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not doing anything. And last week I had an hour session and I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is what this is supposed to do. And it feels so good. And so I guess I just, I love that you bring that up. Now that you practice and you work with individuals in breath work, what does that look like? Is it on Zoom? Like, are you in person? Just like, what are the details if someone is brand new to breath Mm. work?
1: yeah well so right now pandemic life definitely not doing it in person right <laughs> okay definitely See, not going to be breathing plan. any air with any strangers right now or even with people that uh, who i know who they are um just not <laughs> doing it in person right mm-hmm. now which is unfortunate because doing in-person breath work both in solo sessions and in group sessions is like one of my favorite things to do and so i do miss that a lot but i've been doing breath work over zoom with clients since I was certified back in 2017, so I've been wow. working with clients since 2017. At that point in time, I was doing it in person at the acupuncture clinic um, and I was doing groups as well. But I also was doing one-on-one sessions with people all over the place, like with the coaching clients that I already had, um, with new clients, I with people like in Australia, in Germany, um, <laughs> in Ireland, like I've worked with people from everywhere. so. I did feel really lucky that when everything moved online at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh, I mean, I've been doing it this way for years already, so I was very lucky in that respect. But basically what it looks like is um, we, we get online together. The person who's going to be doing the breathing calls in from their house. I usually tell them ahead of time to like be somewhere cozy. So they're usually in their bedroom or, you know, on a living room couch or something. Um, I generally tell them to ideally have the house to themselves if they can, Mm -hmm. which right now pandemic life, not always possible, but at least putting a do not disturb sign up on the door so that If there are kiddos around, like, you know, someone else can take care of the kids so that they can have like a private space to um, do this practice. Mm -hmm. And then we talk for a little bit. Usually we talk for about 20 minutes or so about what's coming up for them. If they're brand new to it, I'll share what the breath looks like, talk about what they might be feeling during it, both emotionally and physically, just to I like to really give people a lot of information ahead of time because I do work with a lot of folks who have experienced trauma. And generally, um, those folks like to have a lot of information because it helps people feel safe and secure is really important. Um, So I give a lot of information, listen to any questions they have, talk a little bit about what's coming up for them, and then they lay down. I turn on some music. I am... I will like toot my own horn for a second and say that like my breathwork playlists are kind of epic and I love them. <laughs> really love them. Yes. Um, I take no credit for it because I like one of my spirit guides is specifically like I call them my like spiritual DJ because I, <laughs> when I do I mean, one-on-one sessions, I don't actually use like pre, um, like for my groups, I'll make a playlist ahead of time and then just go with that playlist. But for one-on-one sessions, I choose the music as we're in the session, like as we're going, cause I let my own intuition kind of guide what song is right for that moment. And so I give all credit to that to my guide, um, <laughs> but, but so then they start breathing and I turn on some music and they're going to do the active breath for anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. Um, and once again, that's kind of just based on my intuition of what's right for them in that moment, especially if they're new, uh, they might cry during it. They might laugh. They might yell. They might move their body. They might do all sorts of different things. Um, they also might just totally chill out and rest and like feel just really and great. Um, and then I turn, I turn the music from being more active to a bit more slow, and then they rest for like five to 10 minutes. And then afterwards, uh, I hold some space for them to share anything that came up for them or to ask any questions about how to care for themselves afterwards or how often
0: they should be doing this sort of practice. Um, and then we go about our day. Yes. Did you say it was a specific type? of breath work that you practice versus like, I don't know, I, I guess I don't know, like there's different types of yoga. Is that kind of similar with breath work? Yeah. So, you
1: know, I'll, I'll say this, that like all cultures from all over have histories of breathing practices mm-hmm. um, as ancient as they come, <laughs> you know, like that is one of the first forms of medicine that there was out there. However, most breathing practices that are like considered quote unquote breath work nowadays, tend to be um, come from like pranayama. And so from uh, like South, Southeast Asia and whatnot. And um, this style that I practice doesn't have a specific name. It's not like a breath of fire or like one of those Mm -hmm. that a lot of the pranayama Um, classes talk about this is a little bit more similar to the westernized style like medicalized style of breath work that's more holotropic breath work it it is not holotropic either Um, this one it does not have a name Uh, myself and many other students who have trained in it have done a lot of research over the years trying to find its original name, if there is a name to it. And we have yet to find any text out there that mentions this specific style, but basically it's a, a three-part breath. You're breathing. Um, it's all in and out through the mouth. The first breath is deep into the belly. The second breath is up into the heart. And then you let it go with the exhale. And then you do that over and over and over again.
0: Do you feel like breath work is something that really should be done with a guide when you're new to it? Or do you feel like, cause I, I feel like it's pretty powerful. This is just maybe I'm a leading question here, but yeah, but also a lot of people just kind of want to do it on their own. What's your take on that? So I
1: think, that there's no right answer yeah which like i mean really that's the answer to like any question ever in the history <laughs> right. of questions is that there's like no one right answer um and i think that it's different for every person i will say that um anyone who does have a complex history of trauma they would benefit from having someone lead them okay specifically um i would say that for every for like anyone you know, doing maybe five minutes of breath work on your own, totally fine, totally Mm -hmm. okay to do without a guide. If you're going to like jump into like a full on 30 minute session, yes, absolutely. Having someone there like supporting you, whether it's through like an in-person class like you know either on zoom or in person in person but having like a class where someone's holding the class or doing an individual session one-on-one um or even listening to a recording where there's at least somebody's voice like guiding you and prompting you and holding some space for you um is important as opposed mm-hmm. to just being like i'm gonna put on a playlist for 30 minutes and do this breath however You know, maybe if you're someone that like does a lot of shadow work and does a lot of like really maybe you're like a triple Scorpio and you just love getting really deep like (laughs) sure, maybe for you like that's actually the better way to do it because you need to be in your like really dark solo place, you know, your little hidey hole in order to go
0: there. Yeah, okay. I'm so sort of curious about that. I like to do it. I guess I don't, I need to do it more. I need to do a session with you. Are you taking clients right now? Like, are you yeah. gonna, okay. Yeah. <laughs> good to so, know. <laughs> Um,
1: you know, through the acupuncture clinic, um, I'm doing zoom breathwork sessions with people. So you can okay. book with me through constellation acupuncture, uh, as for my like coaching clients, um, I am at capacity right now, but that. Uh, usually I work with clients like in a quarterly session. So like for three months at a time. So, mm-hmm. you know, that changes like every quarter or so. Um, but one thing I'll say is like, I think maybe this is how you first found me and Breathwork was through that like mini course, that free email yeah. course that I mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So like that's something where uh, I'm not there. I'm not leading the session. I'm not holding the space even in that physical way. I'm not, um, even on a recording, I literally just give you a link to a Spotify playlist with three songs and I give you direction on how to do the breath work. And so people are doing it completely by themselves for the first time. Um, but it's only for like, you know, five to seven minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like is totally appropriate. I also do hold the space in terms of like, I'm giving a lot of instruction before people start, I'm giving them prompts and, um, support to go through it. I'm giving them questions afterwards to reflect on. So there's different ways that I'm still holding that space, even though I'm not there presently. So in that way, I think you can totally do that on your own. I wouldn't do that with like, here's a 30 minute playlist, go at (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Can we talk about your astrology and breathwork classes? Because I love that combination. And I'm curious to know, like how do they work together? Yeah.
1: Okay. So like I said before, when it comes to the music. I really think that music is really important. I think that music like brings up a lot of uh, can elicit emotions in like all shades, all the rainbow of emotions. Um, I've always felt really connected to music in that way. And when I sit down to make a playlist for a group, I'm usually doing it the day of the group or the day before, because I like to actually tune into the energy of the moment. And the energy of the moment is always going to be influenced by the astrology of the moment. True. And so, you know, when I'm making a playlist, I'm not like intentionally trying to like elicit certain emotions, but inevitably I'm just going to be tuning in to the collective energy that's out there, the collective emotions that people are feeling, and then reflect it back to them through the, my music choices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what lacy does when she's talking about the astrology is she kind of gives like a lens of understanding because like i can't really explain to people why they're feeling the feelings that they're feeling because of the the planets all i can do is uh create an environment both sonically and space holding wise that allows them to like actually be in it but Lacey can give a a lens to see it through and to understand it through and people really like that because you know, breath work is so about getting out of the brain and into the body, you know, like out of our ego and into like the soul space. And I feel like I'm really good at that of helping people do that. But also, our brains really like to think, our brains really like to understand, like our mm-hmm. brains want to make connections and and have light bulb moments and have understandings. And so um talking about the current astrological energies gives our brain something to hang its hat on to be like oh that's like that really difficult conversation that I had with my mom yesterday like this is why that happened like you know uh Mars is in cancer or something like that just like a little bit of a lens of understanding and so that's why I think it goes together really well.
0: Yes. And it's so different for every person, right? Like one energy can be really subtle for somebody. Somebody else can feel it on a very deep level. And we just let Scorpio full moon yesterday. Like here we are. It's like, it's funny because I have two littles and they are, the kids are so intuitive and they, I can almost like guess what the energy is based on their behavior. like, okay, we're in an emotional time, everybody. (laughs) and that's, I'm sure you see that in these sessions, in these group sessions, everybody's so different, you know? Totally. Cool. That's super cool. I love that. So last question, you know, I, I'm always so impressed with your content that you put out and your ability to tie in what's happening in the world. And sadly for the, I mean, for everybody, but especially for those, those of us that live in the twin cities, it's been heavy for the last year. And it's been super hard to swallow. And I feel like you so beautifully weave this into the healing of the collective, right? Like the, the social justice that we need to be working towards all the time as it relates to healing, where do you find like the energy, the inspiration, the, the momentum to do this really difficult work all the time?
1: Um, I mean, it's a big question and I guess I'll, I want to start by saying that, like, I'm not an anti-racism educator. So like Mm -hmm. everything I share is more just like, I am someone who has an audience and also has white privilege and therefore, and also like has a, has people who I love in my life who are, who are being oppressed, who are being Mm -hmm. incredibly negatively affected by all of these things. And so I, how can I not? Um, So that's, that is the first thing I'll say. But then I'll also say that like, I mean, healing is political. Healing is innately political. And so there's no way that it couldn't be in there because it is there so innately intertwined, especially the healing practices that I practice. Uh, The majority of healing practices that I practice do not come from my lineage. I am Ashkenazi, Jewish, Russian. I am not Chinese and yet I practice Chinese medicine. I am not, you know, there are a lot of like breathwork practices in Judaism, but like, like I said, this specific breathwork practice most likely comes from India and from Ayurvedic medicine, um, which is not my lineage. Like they're like, you know, so many of the healing practices that are, Popular right now Mm -hmm. originate from cultures that are also being oppressed right now. Mm -hmm. And so it is innately political. And then on top of that, so many, there's like such an accessibility obstacle for so many of the people like accessibility, not just like in terms of price, but also in terms of like who's at the table or who feels comfortable being at different studios or healing spaces. And um, if, if they feel comfortable or if their identities are reflected in the practitioners and the teachers and stuff like that. And so those people who like people who come from the cultures where these practices originate from don't have access to the practices that is their birthright and so like there's so much like Mm political it's innately political so Mm um I think that to me they it's not like a matter of blending them together they just already are there together Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's what I'll say about about that
0: thanks for answering that tough one and you know the reason I ask this, Amy, is because honestly, there's so many people that aren't willing to talk about that, yeah. about the fact that these, that this is innately part of the healing journey is that it's political and that it's about, you know, community care. Like that's the point. And it's, it's frustrating. I mean, that's why I seek out people like you who, who are willing to talk about this on a regular basis. And, and yeah, so thank you. I guess that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I
1: yeah. appreciate it. I mean, I guess the last thing around that I'll also say. And I think that for a lot of people, and this includes, I think for a lot of white people, and this includes myself, X number, however many of years ago, I don't even like, can't even think about that in my head. But like, we, I uh, maybe wanted to speak up in different ways, but was afraid to, or felt like I had to say it it the right way or that there was like a, a right thing to say in general, which... Uh, actually comes from like perfectionism as like a tenant of white supremacy. So the fact that like I was actually letting white supremacy keep me from talking about white supremacy is like, you know, that's how it works. That's why white supremacy stays supreme in that way. And so um, one thing for me that became important was, you know, knowing that like, I can say whatever I want in my newsletter. Like it's my newsletter. Like no one's going to come after me with a pitchfork. Like, and yes, of course, there's like cancel culture and whatnot, but like that only happens when you're say something harmful and then aren't willing to acknowledge the fact that it was harmful and you know do a process of mm-hmm. reconciliation around mm-hmm. it. So it's like, you know, the fears that I have around saying something and and maybe saying it wrong and then like having it be accidentally harmful. It's like, okay, well, if I do that, then I do that and I figure out how to, like, fix it. It's not going to be the end of the world. Um, And that took me a while to, like, Mm. feel secure enough in my self, secure enough in my voice, secure enough in the relationship that I had built with my audience. And that's also partly why I don't like being on Instagram and why I've really focused all of my energy and efforts on my newsletters because I feel secure in the relationship that I've built with my newsletter subscribers and that they're choosing to be there. Whereas like social media, it's such a shit show. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't like, I have thousands of people following me and I don't know who thousands of them are. And so it's like, (laughs) I don't actually, I don't know if I care what they think about me. Like I don't, um, yeah, there's not like a relationship there. And so,
0: yeah, that's that. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the, I I'm with you on the, like, it's hard, the fear of saying the wrong thing, it can, it can overcome. Right. And I try to think of like the worst case scenario in these situations. Like what's the worst case scenario is that I say something really wrong and somebody corrects me or is upset with me. And then I learn like, oh, yeah, totally, not so
1: bad. And <laughs> what's like the worst thing that could happen if you don't say anything, it's like, you know, people are literally getting murdered. Like, you know, it's right. like the negative effect of not saying anything is so much greater than the negative effect of saying like the wrong thing.
0: Right, right. Ugh. I'm so, I'm so grateful. Thanks for taking the time today to talk about all of these. I mean, I feel like we covered a, lot, a large range of topics. Um, can you just tell listeners, well, I guess, you know, not on the Instagrams, but maybe on your website and how they can get on your newsletter because it's, it's flipping gold. <laughs> Thank
1: you. So my website is my name. It's com And on my website there's like right at the top big bold letters there's something that says free email course and if you click on that you can sign up for my newsletter there and you'll get i think it's like five days of emails and uh basically it's little prompts and links to playlists to uh do five days of breath work And it's specifically for people who own their own business and to like help them get in tune to their intuition for their business. But really, like it could be for artists. It could be for writers. It could be for anyone that has a creative bone in their body, even if it's not like something that they're,
0: you know, making a living off of. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, friends. Thanks to Amy and thanks to our show sponsor, Simpson and Vale. If you like this episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or on Instagram. Tag at Yoga Magic Podcast if you do. Thanks all. We'll see you next week.